welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. In 2000, the year 2000, there was a movie called The Patriot. In that movie, started Mel Gibson as Benjamin Martin, who was a Revolutionary War hero who was struggling hard to try to keep the armies from fighting and going to war with Great Britain. Benjamin Martin had a son named Gabriel. And Gabriel was just seeing what his dad was doing, seeing the conflict on hand. And Gabriel, at the beginning of the movie, finds this tore-up American flag covered in dirt, messed up. And he starts to work on it. If you've ever seen the movie, he spends the first half of the movie just working on the flag, working on the flag. Eventually, Gabriel enlists in the forces, and he becomes a casualty of war. Benjamin Martin, his dad, is grieving. And there's a scene in the movie where Benjamin is kneeling in front of his dead son, grieving. Another officer comes in, gets by Benjamin, and says, Benjamin, stay the course. Stay the course. Understanding that Benjamin's absence within the forces would have caused a big blow to that army. It would have brought their morale down. He says, Benjamin, stay the course. Benjamin Martin's response, I've finished my course. I'm done with my course. The other officer in disbelief just walks away, goes back to the forces, and they start marching away. They get on their horses and they walk away, knowing that their leader is no longer with them that he has finished what he believes has been his race. As Martin starts going through his son's stuff, he comes across that one flag that his kid was working on. And he looks at it. Powerful scene in the movie, and he just stares at it. Next thing you know, he puts that flag on a pole. He gets on his horse. He re-engages. And now he's coming up the hills. You see his army just start looking back and they see in Benjamin Martin, their hero, their revolutionary war hero, just going up the hill with his flag held high and he starts encouraging them. And somewhere in that moment, their morale changed. Their spirit changed. Their energy changed. Why? Because Martin was once lost. He had given up and now he had reengaged to stay in the course. If this is your first time here joining us this morning, I want to welcome you. My name is Will, and I am the family pastor here at Genesis Church. And I want to take a moment to say good morning to you guys. And just give a round of applause to all of our people joining us online right now. (laughs) Welcome, 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 welcome. We are in the midst of a series called Finish Strong. We started the entire year with this one thought of lace them up. And speaking of lacing them up, I want to take a moment and honor a group of people. If you are in this space right now and you have served in our military at any capacity, will you please take a stand? If you're a veteran in this room right now, we want to just go ahead and just say thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So we're talking about finishing strong, lace them up. We started the whole year with a verse, comes, comes out of the book of Romans. And the verse is Romans 10, 15, it says, How beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news. 
We encourage the church, we encourage you to start the year by lacing them up, joining arms with others around you, and going into the community and letting the people know about the good news, carrying the gospel. But I tell you what, it's November. We have several weeks left to go, and we decided as a team that we wanted to continue to encourage you to finish that race strong, to finish the year strong. So today, we want to talk about what finishing that race looks like. Let me ask you all this. Have you ever started something and not finished it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Year's? Woo, that's, that's a first for all of us. We, we, we have the, all these great intentions. We map out these goals. Next thing you know, we're staring at them for a week. Week two comes around. Week three, you're like, what goals? They're gone. They're like, where's the treadmill? Like, send it back to the store. We're not going to exercise those gym memberships. Sir, there's some people here laughing. You know what I'm talking about. I've been that person myself. But uh, it's hard. It's very easy to start things. It's very hard to finish such things. But regardless of the battle... This is encouraging. Why? Because we serve a creator who's going to finish what he started. In the book of Philippians, the apostle Paul says this. He says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you, he didn't start an okay work. He didn't just start a work. He started a good work in you. He will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ." Jesus, our creator, finishes what he started. Can you guys just join me and say he will finish it? He will finish it. Amen. He will. He will finish it. There's a plan and a purpose, and he wants us to understand the weight of those words, that he will finish a good work. But he wants us to stay in the race. In order to do that, we have to stay in the race, and he wants us to finish strong. Something I've learned in ministry, something I've learned in life, in my journey as a Christ follower, is that life is going to throw both you and I and for those of you guys joining us online, he's gonna, life's going to throw you some curveballs. You know, life's going to throw you some battles, some wars, some hills, some mountains to some of us here this morning if we're going to be transparent. And you're going to have an option to give up or look at that mountain in the face and go, I'm going to get through. I'm going to get through you. Why? Because we serve a God who has given me a plan, who's given me a purpose. And God, Paul says, hey, he started that work in you. He's going to finish that work in you. And today, as your family pastor, as a leader here in this church, guess what? We are going to finish strong. All right? We are going to finish strong. We're not going to sit back and let somebody finish. Okay. No, we're going to finish strong. Living for Christ takes zeal. That's something I've learned. Zeal. That word zeal. It takes a desire to win. All right? Zeal, for those of you guys that are not familiar with the word, means this, a great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. Our faith journey requires zeal and a desire to win. Notice it doesn't say a desire to participate. A desire to win. But that requires endurance. It requires perseverance. We're all in this simply to not just participate. No, no, no. Let me talk you out of that. We're going to win this thing. We're going to finish strong. And you have to want to win. But a lot of us start with the good intentions. A lot of us start with the, yes, Father, I will follow your will. You make that one decision. And next thing you know, you're finding yourself losing stamina. You find yourself losing focus. You find yourself just wandering away from that very same race you started. And all of a sudden, you're asking yourself, God, where are you? What's going on? You're looking people next to you sitting in these very same seats week after week. Like, where are you at? Like, I, I fell away. Like, where is God in all this? 
You have to want to win. But here's the good news. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish. So know that you're going to have people around you, surrounding you here in this very moment in this church and in the days ahead that are going to surround themselves and say you are going to finish strong. There's a, a story in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles with you, just open up to the book of Matthew chapter 21. We're going to be in verses uh, 28 through 32. And this is a story um, about two sons. You hear the story about two sons, you automatically think the father, the prodigal son. No, this is another story that not many people talk about. Jesus has a surrounding crowd. You got the Pharisees in there. They just love picking at Jesus. You have the teachers of the law. They want to prove Jesus wrong. They want to catch him. And want, they want him to say something wrong, something dumb, so they can go, aha, you are not who you say you are. Blasphemy and just get him in trouble. But what does Jesus do every time he's asked questions? He responds with a story. I love that. He responds with a story that has a lesson within it. And then he makes those asking the question go, hmm, what was that all about? So in Matthew chapter 21, verse 28, Jesus says this. What do you think? What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, my son, go to work in the vineyards today. The son answered, I do not want to. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the man went to the other son and said the same thing. The son said, I will, sir. But he didn't go. Which of the two did his father's will, asked Jesus. They said the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. But you, when you saw it, didn't even change your mind. And even believe him. Jesus was teaching a very powerful lesson here. Now, take it to, now listen closely. The father is God. The vineyard, the field, is the world. The two sons are two choices that we can make. Two choices that can take us in one path versus another path. And if we as a church, as a Bible-preaching church, are going to say that we're going to finish strong, that we're going to lace them up and going to go out and preach the gospel, we have to make sure that we are choosing the right path. There's importance in this lesson. We started strong. We're going to finish strong. But let's talk about you for a moment. How's that looking for you? It's been 11 months. It's been 11 months since we said lace them up. A lot of you guys are sharing stories about what's going on in your life. Last week, Pastor Tim and Chad shared the stage, and they just went off about the great things that God has been doing, not only here, but outside of these walls. And that is because of your engagement, your generosity. We're able to go into other areas and tell people who Jesus is. Right now, Tim, Chad, and Kobe are out in Germany at a leadership conference, helping other leaders, helping other church leaders understand what it is like to go out and share the good news. They're, they're building leadership teams over there. So that's because of work that you guys have all done. But I ask you the question. We know what we've been doing as a church. What have you been doing to finish strong? If you look at this story, one son said, um, I will not go, Dad. 
I don't want to stop what I'm doing. Your suggestion or you asking me to go into the field, into the vineyard, is causing a disruption in my life. Like, I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to go out and stop what I'm doing. I don't want to say no to everything that's going on in my life to say yes to whatever it is that you're asking me to do. This is comfortable. This is good. That, mm, not sure. He straight up said, nope, not going to go. Does that sound like anyone's kids this morning? Um, but the scripture says that he went. He said that he had a change of heart, and he went. But the second son, the second son, yeah, said, yeah, dad, sign me up. I want to do this. Vineyard, where's the vineyard? Where's the field? I'll go to the field. Lace him up. The dad's like, lace him up. He's like, lace him up. I'm going to lace him up. Let's go. Let's grab some friends. Let's go, to, let's go work. Let's get our hands dirty. God, I will use my gifts and talents to serve you. I will use my time, my talents, my treasure to serve you. That sounds like a great agenda. It sounds like a great idea. There's purpose in that. Let's go. But somewhere on the way there, he stopped. The story doesn't tell us why he said, I'll go and chose not to. But we can take away a couple of things if we're actually looking through the scriptures and say, well, maybe he got disoriented. Maybe he was discouraged. Maybe he lost focus of where he was supposed to be going. Maybe he lost track of the race he was supposed to be in. Something else got a grip and a hold of him, and he decided to go in a different direction. Now, let me tell you this. The moment you take your eyes off of God, you put your eyes somewhere else. It's just common sense. It doesn't work any other way. The moment you say, God, I get it. You're here. This is what you're doing, and you just shift. It can be a small shift or a very large shift. You're taking your eyes off of his plan, his purpose for your life. In the book of Luke, maybe that son got lost along the way. In the book of Luke, there's three stories, all right? Three stories about lost things. Now, we spend a lot of time in church celebrating these stories because at the end, we celebrate the rejoicing of the things being found. But today, I want to talk about how things get lost. If we're going to finish the race strong, we have to understand this this morning. So the, 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 the scriptures tell us about a lost sheep, all right? It's the lost sheep, the lost son, and the lost coin. The lost sheep... All right, wandered away. It had no intentions of going away from its shepherd. Sheep are fragile. They know their shepherd's voice. They work best in groups. They, they, they don't do good on their own. But this sheep decided that it was just going to wander away. It wasn't paying attention probably. It just wandered. And next thing you know, it found itself in enemy territory. It found itself probably in the, amongst wolves. Has anyone in your life wandered away from God's plan for their lives? Have you wandered away? Doesn't mean that you made a choice to. You just didn't pay attention. Next thing you know, you got distracted and you ended up walking away from the Lord's will for your life. The sheep wandered away. Maybe you're listening today and going, well, you know, I, 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 I kind of, that's me or that's probably one of my kids. Let me talk to you guys as a parent. Let's be careful here. Our kids have every opportunity to wander away. Your students, middle school, high school, college, many opportunities to wander away. And a lot of us, if we're content, we're just going, they'll come back. They'll come back. They know. Do they? I'll tell you this, because the world out there, it's a pack of wolves. And they want 
sheep. They want your students. They want your kids. And once they get into their territory, now you're in a different kind of battle trying to get them back. So if you start seeing somebody wonder, my encouragement to you is to just use your voice. Why? Because they know your voice. Pray for them. They should know their father's voice. And what do sheep do when they hear that voice? They start wandering right back to where that voice is at. No matter what. You could blind them. They're going to go straight over there. Why? Because they know the importance of being a sheep. They are valued. Now the son, the son walked away. He made a choice to leave the house. Dad had an inheritance waiting for him. Homeboy had, that's right. That's not in scripture. I just used that one. He had shelter. He had food. He has some nice clothes. I'm taking it. Cattle, flock everywhere. I mean, meals everywhere. He had no reason to walk away from that. And he knew he had an inheritance coming. He had blessings coming. And somehow he made a decision in his little mind, go, you know what? This sounds good, but this sounds better. Dad, thank you for what you have for me. Thank you for what you're giving me. I get it. This race, I have to finish, but I'm going to walk away. Let me tell you something. You can't finish strong walking away. Walking away means you ain't going to finish at all. All right? He made a choice to walk away from the very things that he had coming his way and went on his own. Scripture tells us that it got ugly for him. He was kneeling down eating with pigs. Anybody in with pigs? No. It, it can't be good. He realized, this ain't good. I need to get back to my father's house. I need to get back on track to where I was if I'm going to finish Notice this, with the lost sheep, the shepherd went to find the sheep. The lost son, that didn't go anywhere, that stayed. That son had to come to his own senses to turn around and get back on track. A lot of us here today, I have a college student, a college age student and a high schooler. They're going to leave the house and they're going to make some decisions. If they walk away from the Lord at some point, my one responsibility is to pray for them and encourage them. I can't run off to a college campus, put them in my vehicle, say, we're going back to Genesis. <laughs> that won't end well. They will have to come to their own senses and go, you know what? I was raised better. I was in that race where I was encouraged to finish strong. By all means, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to give this up, and I'm going to go back and finish strong. Why? Because there's a group of people over there called my church family that are going to encourage me and run with me. Why? Because we do this together. The lost sheep wandered away. The lost son, he walked away. The lost coin didn't go anywhere. The lost coin was in the house the entire time. The lost coin was just lost in house. Let me be very clear and please hear my heart. There's people in churches everywhere sitting through a church service just like this, maybe in here right now, that are lost. Doesn't mean you're not valued. You're just out of circulation. That coin was in the house and got lost. Let me tell you, there's people going to churches. They're opening up their Bibles. They're singing hymns. They're singing songs. They're raising their hand. And they, they, they say, yeah, praise God. And then they, they, they put their Bibles down. They go about life. And they're just playing religious games. Just because you're in church doesn't make you a Christ follower. Friends, you can go outside and stand in the parking lot. It will not make you a car. 
okay? It doesn't work that way. Following Christ takes commitment. Following Christ takes a lot, a lot of commitment. That coin, the lady, the, the story tells us that the lady grabbed the broom and she just started sweeping the house. She started going left and right until that, that coin was found. Why? She knew it was there. And she was determined to find it. I want to encourage you today to find a broom and start sweeping A, your home, B, your job, three, right here in this very room. Let's start sweeping. Why? Because there's people in here who are sitting next to us that might be lost. They don't even know it. We don't even know it. But until we start sweeping this house and ask God to just reveal that person to us, that we're going to be okay with letting people just sit, say they're running their race, and they are lost. God will find them. He'll help us find them. And let me tell you this. If you're that person in here today, hear me clearly. If you're here in this space, if you're at home watching us right now, and you say to yourself, I might be the coin. I have very good news. We are here for you. You are valued. You're valued to God. You're valued to me. You're valued to everyone in this room. And we will get behind you, next to you. We will lace it up with you and run the race with you to make sure that you finish strong. Nobody stays behind. Here's a takeaway. Christianity is more than a decision to believe in Christ. It's a commitment. Attending a church service and making a decision, I believe you, Jesus, it's one thing. Making a commitment to walk the way Christ called us to walk is a completely different conversation. And we don't want you to do it alone. We want to do it with you. There's no way I can stand before you this morning and before everyone watching and say, hey, we're going to finish strong if I'm not willing to run the race side by side with you. If I'm not willing to look at your kids and say, you know what, I got your back. And so do our leaders over here. If I cannot look at your students who are making decisions to, you know, what am I going to enjoy and make an extracurricular activity? Where am I going to go to school? We cannot say that we will finish the race strong if we're not willing to lace them up with them. So today before you, we will finish strong. The Lord determines your direction. Only you can determine how far you're willing to go. Here's the thing. Only you, only myself can derail ourselves from that very race we can't turn around and blame somebody and say hey you know i didn't finish strong because no 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 you raise your hand and say i didn't finish strong because i made a choice choices determine how we finish your choices will determine how you finish your choices this is even more this is this is my heart your choices will determine how you finish with your kids with your students with your lost family members i don't take that lightly as my responsibility here at this church we do not take that lightly. Your choices, my choices, everyone's choices determine how we finish. In the book of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, I love Apostle Paul. He was, he, he was always encouraging people to do something and do something a little extra. He talked to the Galatians and he was like, hey, where did you guys go wrong? Like, what, what deterred you? What prevented you from finishing the, the, the race? What, what kept you from doing it? It's like, stop what you're doing that's keeping you from that. And in the, in the letter to the Corinthians, he says this. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one, not once, one, receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. In the race of the Christian life, we should not be content with a participation trophy. 
we should go for the main price. If you're here going, I'll take the, tr- the partition ribbon. Uh, we want to talk and pray with you. That's not okay. We want to race for the price. Our run should be a reflection of who Christ is in our lives. Paul said, run in such a way to obtain the price. Now, Paul knew a thing or two about races, right? He brought up games. He brought up athletic events to the people in Corinth because why? They understood things or two about games, the Olympics. Paul is teaching us to treat this walk with Jesus as an Olympic event. He's saying, you are the Olympians. You're God's team. You are, he chose you. We're in this race only because God put us in this race. And his grace keeps us in his grace. And Paul is telling the church, listen, you have to just do it. You have to just go for it. Now, in these races back in the day, if, if you're a history buff over here, back in Greece, they had these massive arenas and stadiums. All right? They would seat about forty to 50,000 people. And they had these tunnels where people would start walking in. First, the emperor or the governor would come out. And people would just cheer him on. Ovations. The governor sits down with his group in the, in the little club seats. Um, and next thing you know, the athletes come out. And the crowds are cheering them on. The chariot races start. People go crazy. Then the foot races start. People go nuts. But here's the thing. Those people were racing to declare to the world who their God was. Their emperor, their governor, their king in the moment, they were racing for that person. And everyone knew it. They didn't step into that arena or that platform and just go 50%. They were going all out, putting all things aside that will keep them from actually finishing the race. And they will represent their God by how they raised. Paul is telling us, guys, ladies, run. Finish the race like you want to win the prize. There's no options for anything else. He's, we are his Olympians. In another um, piece of scripture in Hebrews, the writer says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us. The writer is saying, hey, listen, I know we all got junk and we have a goal to meet. Let's put aside such things that keep us from obtaining that goal. If you are carrying something with you today that you know without a doubt that can keep you from finishing strong, The word of God is saying, take it off, put it aside, and walk away from it. Why? Because we don't need extra weight in our race. We don't need extra junk in our race. We don't need that sin that's going to keep you down and keep your eyes off of Jesus. As long as we have that and we hold on to it and we adore it, that's our prize. God is saying, no, 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 no. I got a bigger prize for you, but that's got to stay. So this morning, if that's you and you know, and we all have our stuff, please get me. I mean, we're all transparent here. We all have things we have to lay aside. Begins with us, and we encourage you this morning. Put them aside because we want to finish strong. I'm going to ask the team to come out, and I want to share a story with you. Um, In the 19... 68 Olympics in Mexico City. 
there was a gentleman by the name of John Stephen Akari. He was from the country of Tanzania. He was participating in the Olympics as a marathon runner. Right out of the gates, he started strong. Injury happened. Right out of the gates, he started strong and he hurt his leg. Opportunity to give up and stop. But he kept going, only to injure himself further. He's banged up, he's bandaged up, and sure enough, he just keeps going. He's just determined to finish the race, but here's the crazy part. He starts making his way to the stadium where they're doing the ceremony. The ceremony, the award ceremony is over. It's been over for an hour. They've given away first, second, and third place. Everybody else has gone home. But he is determined to go in there and do what he started. When he enters the stadium, the crowd loses their mind. They're clapping, standing ovation, and he is just running. At the end of the race, he crossed that line. And a reporter came up to him and said, Hey, why didn't you just quit? You're hurt. You had every reason to give up. No shame. Why didn't you just quit? John's response. He said to him, My country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start a race. My country sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. So my question to you today, when we walk out of these doors and think to this thing we call the mission field, what choice are you going to make today to make sure that you and your household will finish strong? The Paul, Paul, Paul said it's not about how you start, but how you finish Let's bow our heads. Today we know that, um, that God's calling all of us to finish the race that we started. And he's not letting us do it alone. He won't. He loves us too much. But here's one thing I do know. We're going to see our creator face to face one day. And I would hate it if he asked the question, hey, Will, what do you got left? My challenge to you is to live in such a way when you see him face to face, you can say, I gave it all for the sake of my own soul and those in my household who I love. Thank you for tuning into the Genesis Church podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you want to connect more with Genesis Church, you can find all of our information at www.genesischurchorlando.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando.